JMV here with Brian Kahn from Floors to Your Home. Fans, if you're shopping for flooring of any kind, you need to check these guys out. You're going to have the most incredible, totally hassle-free shopping experience ever. JMV, we really appreciate you saying that. That's our goal every day, to offer our customers a quick, easy, and hassle-free experience at all of our Floors to Your Home locations. Fans, it works like this. You see the product you like. It's going to be cheaper than anywhere else. That's for sure. Then you can immediately take it home with you or have it installed. That's right. No hassle, no special order. Just see it, buy it, and take it home, or have it installed. Like three rooms of hardwood, laminate, or waterproof flooring starting at just 349 and they have everything in stock. I'm doing my whole house, and believe me, this is the best shopping experience you'll ever have. Three convenient locations, Avon, Noblesville, and Brookville Road. Who gives the quickest, easiest, and most hassle-free buying experience? Floors to your home. That's who. What in the hell do you think you are doing? Hey, John Boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get late. And again, it's picked up. It's Darius Leonard. A pick six for the Maniac. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, oh, the chicken. Double time. Miles Turner. Yeah. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Thank you for joining us. The Pacers were the smothered chicken yesterday. Wow. What an awful, awful performance. I believe that was the first sellout of the season, and everybody's all excited. Of course, when you get time off, you're always going to come back rusty. But I'm sorry, I don't care what time of year, what month, what day, what hour, November, April, I don't care what you're talking about. You should never at home, if you're worthy of what people talk about, show up and look like that. You just shouldn't. Well, it'll happen occasionally. Well, to that degree, it's happened, what, two out of the last three weeks this early in the season? So don't show up and look like that. I mean, just don't show up at all if you're going to look like that. And don't give me, well, look what they did in the fourth. I don't care, and you don't care what they did in the fourth. It was not the group that's going to be playing in the fourth, that you want to be playing in the fourth. And I'm here to tell you, uh, as, as much as I understand the time of year, As much as I understand the growth process, because we've all had to endure it on a thousand different levels with these professional teams here, and that's all we get told about the growth and the right direction and all these buzz terms that drive me absolutely nuts now, you should never show up and look like that. Just shouldn't. I don't care how many days you had off. I don't care how early in the season that it is. Because, again, part of the issue that you have with the Pacers is there should be with you a lack of belief. I'm no defensive whiz or genius sitting right here, but I can tell you by watching that at some point somebody needs to, and I mean everybody, 
everybody included in this, somebody needs to show just the slightest bit of desire and resistance. Got rolled up by Orlando like that at home. And again, that's too bad because everybody's getting on board with it. Everybody had some fun with it last week, including me. I love it when teams around here are good. That was just dreadful. You didn't have to wait for Bally to screw something up on that. You guys probably ejected early. And again, I know that it's early in the season and everybody's going to say, oh, well, you're just panicking. Nobody's panicking right here. I'm just telling you that that shouldn't happen. I don't care what Orlando looked like. That should not have happened. Yeah, the defensive part of it does tend to concern you. I was talking to somebody a little bit earlier about that. And, well, they got to get better defensively. And I say that all the time, too, because it's the obvious What I cannot come up with right now is a solution as to how they're going to. I sit here before you. I don't have an answer for it. Because you look at their personnel, I I look at them and I kind of wonder, how much better can they be defensively? I mean, honestly, you got to be better than that because that was a joke yesterday. I mean, that defensive performance was a joke. It was embarrassing. So you got to come up with something better than that. I, I just don't know if they have that. And again, I understand the whole growth and maturation and all this bull crap we have to put up with all the time, but I am sorry I put some expectations on this. I did, and when you may have an occasional game where you look like that, if it's in Boston against one of the best teams in the NBA, I'm not going to give you a pass. Nobody's going to give you a pass in reality here, but you are going to look at it and say, okay, I understand that a little bit. But yesterday against Orlando at home, after almost a week off, coming off a really sweet win over Philadelphia, getting everybody engaged for this in-season tournament, and to turn in that type of performance, and really it was on both ends, but... It was embarrassing on the defensive end because anybody on Orlando's team did whatever they wanted to with anybody in a Pacers uniform, whatever they wanted to. Any Wagner, any Anthony, any rookie, Paolo, anybody did whatever they wanted. And you know what? If you embrace the hype and the winning and the finally getting patted on the back, that does come with some consequences. You know, the expectations do have consequences and you just, you don't look like that. And you don't look like that like twice already in a month where you can't go out a chair and and really it, it doesn't look like at times you have that desire to guard a chair. Like that chair would probably do a ball fake on you and get to the rim just as easily as Cole Anthony did last night. It has got to look better, and I I wish I had an answer for you. I don't. My thought to this point is you can improve a little bit, and then, you know, offensively, you would expect that, hope that that would be there, and maybe that would be a big difference, but... Yeah, I just don't know 
if they're going to be capable of raising you know, their defensive prowess as much as maybe we had hoped. But yesterday was flat awful. <laughs> awful defensively. It was just a layup line. Ever see a layup line? The last time you were in a layup line. No answers. I thought Rick Carlisle was going to burn every last time out in like the first 10 minutes. Yeah, it was that bad. And again, no matter what time of year that we're talking about, this is fair game now. Yeah, this is not pat them on the back. Hey, they're trying. Yeah, this is nobody trying to tell me about these entertaining losses. None of that bull crap anymore. No. When you play like that, you get called out like that. When you play like you get in Philly almost a week ago, you get propped up in the fashion in which we propped them up for about four days. That wasn't your average just, ah, oh, man, darn, that was a close loss at home. And, hey, Orlando just stepped up big. Orlando did what they wanted to basically throughout the game. But when it mattered, when it mattered, they did whatever they wanted to do. It looked like varsity versus JV. And I'm quite certain those guys don't want to look like that. Yeah, we'll see. Coming up tomorrow in Atlanta, another one of those in-season tournament games. Uh, we'll see if they can bounce back and really put themselves in a nice position in that knockout round with a, a road win. So that'd be really good to see. And I don't want to hear any comparisons about, well, this is what this team did. And, hey, look at the defending champions. They got me. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever. If you sat and watched that yesterday, if you invested your time to go to the game to be a part of that sellout or invested your time to sit home and watch it or listen to it right here, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, We're past the time where this becomes a couple of times a month consistency here. And I wish I had an answer. You know, normally, I come up with these thoughts and I go, hey, here's my solution. I don't have a solution right now. I mean, I guess I could go, you got to play harder. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, good luck. I guess sometimes if you can't guard anybody, you just simply put can't guard anybody. Looked like a combination yesterday, though, right? Especially early. They didn't have much of a desire to guard anybody, and they sure as hell couldn't. But... Yeah, that would pass last year. Oh, that's okay. What a nice team. This is going to be great one of these days. Nah. Going to hold this thing to a higher standard this year. And uh, yesterday was embarrassing to say the least. We can communicate about that if you like. Tony East is going to join me coming up in the 4 o'clock hour to see if a uh, bounce back coming up tomorrow is in the making for this Pacer team. And a shout-out to everybody that went. Nice little sellout on a Sunday. Got no Colts, right? You got IU. And it's what's so bad about both these products, you got you got IU's product at 1 o'clock, and you got the Pacers at 5 o'clock, and no Colts, so you know, nobody with either can whine about everybody caring about the Colts and the NFL more. Nobody whining. And everybody's going to sit there and watch this, and, and unfortunately for both, Unfortunately for both, it does make you sit and wonder, just like I'm talking about the Pacers defensively, it makes you wonder regarding IU, well, if they could just shoot the ball better. Yeah, one of these days they're going to shoot the ball better. They're going to shoot it from distance better. Um, My clock is ticking on this. 
This has been talked about for how long now? So there's a comparison to be made with the Pacers, you know, wondering where they can find any resistance defensively whatsoever. You wonder where IU is going to find any semblance of shooting. And I'm not even talking about consistently knocking it down from distance. Like, less than consistently. That is so necessary to win at that level. It is. I like Malik Renew a great deal. I like Malik Renew against UConn yesterday. Had a really nice game. Uh, You understand now, certainly what they had for so many years with Trace when, you know, whatever you did, you could just kind of lean on him. That's why I always laugh when IU fans always make fun of of him during that era. Like when people poke fun, well, look, he never won anything. Well, I mean, he had to drag these dudes on his back most of the time offensively. But you just wonder where they're going to find, where they're going to find any any semblance of three-point shooting. I don't know if I have an answer for that either. I mean, all of a sudden, is it going to be Galloway? Like, I think Galloway plays hard. I think Galloway is is good for that team. But what is so glaringly necessary, they just simply don't have. And they haven't had. And again, that's in a comparison with the Pacers. What, what they have to make them truly, and I mean truly a better team, and I think something that will give this season the the kiss of a level of enjoyment of which you have not had around him forever, I'm just not certain you're going to be able to find it with this group. And, of course, I'm talking about the defensive side. And there's no doubt you can go through that lineup and find guys that can score. Those guys can score. Now, yesterday... Out of the gate, it was sluggish at best. But again, I will tell you that is to be expected. You can't take that much time off. I think it was Quinn that said this yesterday. I mean, you, you can't have that much time off and not go out there and watch that play a role or have an effect. But the entirety in which that lasted. It was so reminiscent, especially through the first half, so reminiscent of what you witnessed in Boston less than a month ago. It was alarming. And again, you just kind of wrote that off as, well, Boston's really good. It was in Boston, and you have a growing team and all these usual suspects of excuses. But with due respect and a shout-out to Gary Harris Sr., whose son always comes in here and shoots the lights out, Gary Harris of Orlando, you know, with all due respect there, I I didn't expect Orlando to come in and look like one of the greatest teams of all time and the beatdown they put on the Pacers. And again, so much of that, they got so much that was easy. And I mean easy. Wide open looks, uncontested to the basket, Little to no physical resistance. And before you go there, I'm talking about everybody. Everybody. I was ready for a little bit of rust. And I thought Quinn was right on the money with that. I was ready for that. I think everybody was ready for it. But to the degree in which that lasted where, 
you know, your head coach exhausts basically everything and then finally says to hell with it. That's the part I did not expect. And you know what? Again, a part of your level of expectations, you no longer should expect that either. And that's in fairness across the board. Like I give you another example. I compared their defense to IU's shooting. By the way, IU at 430 today. I believe that's uh, coming up from Madison Square Garden in the dreaded consolation game. If anybody out there is old enough, or I guess young enough now considering this is a consolation game, but if you've ever participated in a consolation game, nothing makes you feel like a loser more than that. Seriously. The consolation, the dreaded consolation game, if you've played in anything, and I have below a consolation game, if you've ever played at 10 a.m. in the morning on a Saturday morning in Switch City, Indiana, when one side of the court through the glass had the sunlight glaring in where you couldn't shoot on one side of the floor, your, your defense was really good on that side of the floor. You know exactly what I'm talking about. There is nothing worse than the consolation game. I will say this regarding IU today, though. you got a Louisville team that has looked absolutely awful. However, looked much better in getting beat by a buzzer beater in Texas, a top 20 team yesterday. So that certainly could be problematic. But you really, if you're IU, don't want to go losing to this Louisville team. This is not... Your father's Louisville team. This is not the the Louisville teams that I remember. Far from it, in fact. So you would not want to have the hammer dropped on you like this, especially after yesterday. I'll be honest with you, in the first half, I thought they hung a little bit. But then, you know, once Danny Hurley understands, didn't take him too long, right, that you don't have to really guard anybody on the perimeter. Yeah, what a luxury. And again, I'll have you reflect upon your time as a basketballer. Is there any more luxury in the world than guarding somebody that you know can't make diddly squat? (laughs) That's awesome. That is normally the person I seek out and guard. Let me guard you that I know can't do anything. And there's no greater luxury than that. And then once UConn figured that out, got off in the second half and zoomed away, and that was basically it. So, yeah, that's one you forget about now, but you don't want to go home from this Empire Classic thingy and playing the consolation game today. You don't want to go home from that 0-2. and two. That's IU and Louisville later on today. Boilermakers and Gonzaga. Maybe the most competitive Maui Invitational in history. And I'll be completely honest with you. I think I heard that someplace else. It just looks like it with all the ranked teams there. (laughs) But there's no doubt I've heard that someplace else. I haven't actually gone back and looked at different years and gone, oh, well, wait a minute. Maybe, Maybe 95 was a little bit better than this one. There is no doubt, however, this could be it. Uh, Boilermakers and Gonzaga coming at you at 5 o'clock. That is first-round action of the Maui Invitational coming up later on today. Monday night football is a doozy as well. Man, you got covered with sports. I mean, absolutely covered with sports. This time of year is extra special. Shout-out to everybody going 
to the finals in high school football. Man, that 6A was a humdinger on Friday night over on the west side. A little overtime affair. Ultimately, Ben Davis gets that win. Man, Ben Davis has looked apart here late. And no question about that. Yeah, shout out to everybody around here that advanced to the state finals. And, of course, uh, your coverage is going to be normally around here fantastic per usual. Just kind of a ride of passage every year you look forward to this on Friday and Saturday. And that's exactly what you get. So congratulations to everybody right there. I had one more comparison to make regarding the Colts. Of course, the Colts in the bye week, you got to sit home, relax. You got to watch IU. Got to watch the Pacers. Watch some other teams messing around a little bit. It's funny. You look at the expectations. The expectations with the Pacers are different for me because of what they've shown. The expectations for the Colts are still as follows. Like, I sit here shocked they're 5-5. Five and five. Do I expect them to make some sort of run? Like, I expect them to compete and to win these winnable games. But with Jacksonville and with what Houston is doing, if you watch Houston yesterday, two touchdown passes, three picks for C.J. Stroud. However, Houston survives. They still get the win over Arizona. So they look good right now. Jacksonville back on the winning track. They look good right now. I just want the Colts to hang in. It was like the Pacers last year. That was the pass we gave the Pacers last year. Yeah, just hang in a little bit. Hang in, make it interesting. Now, the difference is you can't see the future evolve, get better right before your eyes, because the future is out for the season. But as we normally do, you can live in the moment. You can live in the moment, uh, and this team should be able to deal with this schedule. Now, depending upon what you see, and depending upon whether or not they turn the football over, but they should be able to deal with it, starting with Tampa Bay coming up on Sunday. Yeah, back at home, I'll have some bullseye passes for you coming up later on this week. Should be a good time. But we'll talk some Colts. Stephen Holder of ESPN is going to join us coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. All right, a lot of things moved around. Oh, did you give that? Okay, up downstairs. IU and Louisville's downstairs. Correct? Thank you very much. And trackside coming up at you at 7 o'clock. Stephen Holder and Tony East today with us. OAR tickets we'll give away for that show coming up next year. And I did want to give a shout-out. I went to Tipton on Friday, everybody. It was a musical, the musical of Elf. And I got to hang out. I got to hang out with Bill and Jalen, the J-Dog, hanging out with me. I snacked during intermission on a Little Debbie brownie and a water. I was digging it. That was my first time in Tipton. First time ever in Tipton, Indiana. And I got to meet our friend Fulton, who calls calls often you've probably heard Fulton on this show before I got to meet Fulton his friends and his family and the group up there in Tipton putting on the elf performance I believe its run has now ended as of yesterday but you talk about all that goes into that that's incredible the lines the songs and all of it you know what else it was It was my first ever musical. I've never been 
to a musical. Not even in high school have I ever attended a musical. Really? My first ever at 5'3". Have you been to a musical? I have. Not many, but I have been to a musical before. What musical have you attended? Uh, well, my dad used to do a bunch of community, and still does a bunch of community theater, but I've seen him in a musical or two, um, like Christmas stuff. That sort okay. Of thing. Never ever have I been to a musical. But no, that was a good time. It was great to meet all of Fulton's friends, uh, his family up there too, to see Fulton for the first time. Uh, fantastic. Job well done by everybody up in Tipton as well. And yeah, I do. I do need to do a remote at some point at the Tipton Pork Festival. I believe that's in September. Oh, by the way, too, I got that gym in Tipton is incredibly old and is awesome looking in there. So... I actually sent out a tweet to Derek Olson, and I said, I have heard a rumor that you've scored a number of points in this facility, and that is true. Tipton, Indiana, everybody. And a shout-out to Fulton and his family and everybody up there in the performance of my first-ever musical, Bill and Jalen with me as well. We saw Elf and Tipton on Friday. Of course, all your Monday conversations brought to you by the Shane Company. Tis the season to shine. Find jewelry since 1929. Visit Shane Company or ShaneCo.com today. Quick break and we shall return top of the hour. Tony East about just a woeful effort and defensive presence. The lack of really anything whatsoever and their return to the floor yesterday and the Pacers got rolled up, absolutely smoked by Orlando. Don't let the final score deceive you. I mean, it was a really, it was an embarrassing performance and a joke of a defensive performance. Tony East about that top of the hour. Stephen Holder in the 5 o'clock hour. Me and you at 239-1070 inside the lounge via YouTube Live. Brought to you by Winshuler's Spreadable Cheeses. Winshuler's.com. By the way, too, we had Bob on. President Bob of Winshuler's. He is because he has noticed that some of the Kroger's are not keeping up with the Winshuler's spreadability in stock. He took a note. He's going to make sure that the spreadability is going to be there for you, those of you like me that shop at Kroger. This is President Bob of Win Schulers and the Spreadability, the official sponsor of the Lounge via YouTube Live, HD Radio, the stream, the app, and 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Back with you next. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Smokey, this is not NOM. This is bowling. There are rules. Hey. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. No, oh, thank you for joining us. That's Jake over there. Learning the rules, the systems, the protocol inside this studio. Learning from the best, James. I could say happy holidays this time of year, right? Happy holidays. Thanksgiving coming up on Thursday. Hey, by the way, too, our Bud Light Blue Friday is switched, as it always is. And a normal location, and this is what I'm saying, a normal location on a Wednesday before Thanksgiving for basically the past 10 years, I believe has been at Brothers in Broad Ripple. And we'll be there again coming up on Wednesday. And, uh, hell, I'll have tickets for you. Bud Light Blue Friday is Bud Light Blue Wednesday. 
with our friends from Zinc and Brothers. We're going to be in Broad Ripple coming up on Wednesday. So join us here. It is always something to where you guys know that you're going to have family and friends over or you're going someplace and you need to get a little bit of celebration out of the way. And that's exactly what you do. And you join me, and I've always thanked you for that. It's coming up on Wednesday again. Bud Light Blue Friday on a Wednesday at Brothers in Broad Ripple. JMV at 107.5thefan.com from Rob. The Celtics and the Magic game. Too good of a team to play like that. Last in defense in the paint in the NBA. I wish they would play Walker at the power forward. That couldn't hurt. They're so undersized and out-rebounded at that position. Keep playing at Neesmith. Why? Carroll muscled him easily. And while I, I do, I understand it, it is overall defensively here, Rob. And you're 100% right. I would love to see, love to see just a bit, a smidge of resistance out front. And I know that the guys that they're trying to guard, like, We've all kind of coined the phrase best in the world for the gray shirts out there, the NBA, the officials, the best in the world. We make fun of that. But these guys out here are the best and most talented at playing basketball in the world. So I know it's easy for me to sit here and say, hey, can you get in front of this guy and guard him a little bit? But I'm telling you, the point of the tack and out front, these guys that are able to so easily, I mean, really, they, they kind of just get the VIP treatment into the lane. Now, that makes it tough on everybody. Because you get these guys that are so good, A, at getting there and getting past their guy, but B, making sound decisions once they get there. And you got no chance between a wide open three or, you know, a drive get a defensive reaction in the paint and a dish for a layup or a dunk. So for me, that's where I would start. I just, again, don't know how much better it can actually get because we haven't seen too much of an example of it. And while I agree with you you regarding what takes place in the paint, I would just like to see them be or give, in this case, a little bit more resistance out front. It is just everybody is like a welcome mat out to drive into the lane. I mean, at some point, you're going to have to. Yeah, I, I guess unless you're able to just outscore other teams. I mean, the problem is, it is much easier, I think, even with a talented offensive team, to have a bad night. Now, the Pacers had a bad night all the way around. Don't let the the final, the fourth quarter, don't that disguise the fact that that was just an embarrassing performance. It was. And it wasn't like the offense, you know, with the group that's going to be out there playing that you have the high expectations for. You know, don't get lost in the fact that they played well. They didn't on either end. But yesterday, the defense was extra embarrassing. And if you watched it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And it's just too bad that that type of performance happened on a day when everybody could go ahead and focus their attention. Hey, oh, yeah, the Pacers. Yeah, November. Yeah, they won in Philly. 
I hear JMV talking good things about him. Let's sit around here and check it out. Let's grab a pair of tickets and go down and watch it for real. A great environment down there. A lot of fun to be had. You got an ice skating rink right out. You know, all this stuff to do. Let's go down and watch it. Oh, crap. <laughs> Game was over in about the first six minutes. So that was a bummer in timing as well. Yeah, simply put, and I would agree with you on this point, Robert, we're at a point to where, at least I do, I don't know how everybody else feels about it, but me, I'm at a point of expectations where I just sit and I do expect better than that and nothing like that. Yeah, maybe it happens once upon a time, maybe twice a year. But twice like this, just completely outclassed and embarrassed in the past month. And we do keep talking about the same things with that. That was highly unfortunate. Too bad. Uh, That's from George. Hey, JMV, I listened to the Hoosiers on the radio, but I picked up a pretty good day to drive to Michigan for a restock. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. Are you restocking on the spreadability or on the sticky-icky? A little bit of the green. George, driving to Michigan for. Matt asked this seriously, JMV. When was the last time IU had a legitimate knockdown shooter? Please do not count Miller Cop in there. I. <laughs> it has been... Such a flood of incredibly bad shooters. Seriously, you drown from that alone. Is anybody. Your kingdom for somebody to guard a little bit for the Pacers and your kingdom for anybody to even, like if you're even approaching almost consistent, like on the fringe of consistency, IU fans will take it. There is nothing more depressing than a kickout, a wide open three, or I will say this, there is something more depressing. You get the kickout, wide open three miss, but even further in depression you go when it's the, you know what? These guys can't shoot a lick, so we're not going to guard them. That's the ultimate depressing. Yep, we're not even going to guard them. Not going to give these guys the time of day. Just go ahead and unload. Unload, and we're going to go to the glass. We're going to sweep that thing one and done, go to the other end. Yeah, that's the worst. And it didn't take Danny Hurley too long to come to that realization. It's from Stephen JMV. There's nothing. Or there is nothing feast week. It's got to be the best time of year. Nothing like, I think, is what Stephen means there regarding feast week. There is stuff everywhere. Hey, JMV, when you play offense and defense like the Pacers do, it's either going to be really good or really bad night in and night out, and you hope most leagues can't exploit their bad. This is the cost of being fun. They have to rein it in. Well, and and I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. I, I I think you can still be fun to watch. Like you've noticed me 
the buzzword that I've had, the keyword that I've had is resistance. Just just a little bit. Just a little bit. Like get in somebody's way once in a while. It's not like I'm asking for somebody to get locked down like Gary Payton's checking them. Just a little bit of resistance. I I don't know if they they have that quality. So I agree with the first half of what you said. I agree with the first half of you know, it's just going to be really bad or really good depending upon how you can be exploited defensively. I'm just thinking that this team is too good to look like that and too good to look like that twice in the past three or so weeks. Right? And that's something that's just not necessarily... You can't say, well, JMV, it's only November. I don't care what month or day or hour it is. I mean, sometimes you're just... You need to be better than looking like that. All right, you look like that for a quarter. Shake it loose, get back out, but it never came. These guys were owned by Orlando yesterday. From every conceivable angle. But we've talked about that, Sean, and I do agree with you on this. I mean, it is going to be more counting on the offense to outscore. But again, a little bit of resistance. Just a little bit. Jim McCann writes this, I believe all of us listeners are proud to have represented us in Tipton at Fulton's production of Elf the Musical. We do love when Fulton calls in. Hashtag family. It was a fantastic time. Fantastic. I'm going to tell you what. There's some talent there, too. I can't imagine putting a production like that together. These guys got to rehearse every night. So, nah, it was uh, one hell of a fun time. I'm glad I went, met everybody up there. Friends of Fulton, Fulton's family. So it was absolutely outstanding. Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, my first time. My first time in two things, right? My first time to being in Tipton and my first time of being in a musical. Not in a musical, but at a musical. You know, watching a musical. Hey, this Monday is always brought to you by the Shane Company. Visit Shane Company for fine jewelry made with the greatest care. ShaneCo.com. Shane Company today. And remember that special gift. Symbolize your love this holiday season. Shane Co. Making fine jewelry since 1929. Let's do some calls on the other side. You guys jump on board. Tony East is going to join us coming up in about the next 15 or so minutes. So get on here before Tony calls in. Tony East with the Pacers debacle yesterday and the Pacers and Atlanta coming up tomorrow. Discussing that with Tony top of the hour, Stephen Holder in the 5 o'clock hour. The return from the bye week for the Colts. The news regarding Jelani Woods. Let me get this straight. You have a setback when you're rehabbing one injured hamstring with another hamstring. Is that correct? <laughs> that it? <laughs> Why don't you just say, this dude is not playing at all this year. If you're Shane Steichen, we all got to be, we can't let anybody in our kitchen. 
We can't let anybody know what we're thinking. Trying to think about that. I am not super duper rehab guy. That's one of the reasons why long ago somebody had asked me, and I'd really thought long and hard about getting knee replacement. And I got to the point where I was almost there. And then you kind of get this thought, right? This thought about yourself in the future combined with what you know about yourself from the past. And my thought was, you will half-ass this rehab like crazy. And I know that I will. Oh, yeah, I got to do this. Like, I'll give you a great example. Brad Howell is down at Milestone in Greenwood, and there is nobody better and nobody that I would trust in rehabbing any of my injuries than Brad Howe. But my brother can't be with me 24-7-365, so he knows this as well as I do, that I'm going to go home and I'm going to go, oh, yeah, you got some exercises for me? Yeah, I'll get right to that. So that's why I was going to do it. Yeah, I'm going to get that knee replacement. Let's do it. I'm going to feel great because I've told you all along, I, I hope to, by the time I'm 60, have all new parts. It's kind of like that 69 Camaro that you found in your great-grandfather's barn or your grandpa's barn, right? And you're going to get all new parts. Maybe you have to bondo it up here or there, but that's going to be, I'm going to be a bondoed 69 Camaro. But I thought, yeah, they're going to have me get after this rehab and I'm going to half ass this rehab. And then I decided to decline. And by the way, Milestone with Brad Howe, I, I pass him all the time. He does a great job down there. Brad used to be in here with us every Thursday, remember, going over the injury list and talking about injuries. And through Brad and Evan McDowell, I had the good fortune of meeting so many incredible orthopedic surgeons here in and around central Indiana. It was really awesome. It's a great time. So many of our orthopedic surgeons that a lot of you know, if you have kids or yourself, you've probably gone through it. But a good time for real. All right, Tony East, top of the hour. OAR tickets we shall give away to. And Stephen Holder in the 5 o'clock hour. Loaded phones at 239-1070. I'll tend to that next. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Now, take away the part of me. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. All right, Christmas music hiatus is officially underway. I think B. Oh, hell, they're not even next door anymore. Down on five. With the studios overlooking the alley out back. <laughs> Uh, I was, uh, it was very poetic when I was looking out the back window on Saturday night toward the end of the final JMV takeover, the season finale, and I watched some guy take a squirt. <laughs> I didn't really, I'm just making that up. But it's not like that hadn't happened. It's happened plenty of times. <laughs> Let me go back there. I can't make it to the bathroom. Let me go ahead and do it in this alley. 
I just hate the phrasing of how you use that. The squirt? Yeah, I hate that. Take hate a squirt. That. You don't like it? No, I've never, I don't think I've ever heard anybody use that phrase It's a very like old term for urination. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Old phrasing. Take a squirt. I don't like that. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> See, some people bristle when I use the word moist on here. Do you too? I don't mind moist, but squirt, I think I mind. Squirt. Take. I, no, you just you don't mind squirt itself, but take, you don't like yeah, the phrase. Okay, that's that, fair. That's say. fair. Also, wasn't there a soda or something called squirt? squirt? Yeah. Is there no squirt available any longer? It's another one there of those uh, refreshing lemon-lime flavors. That's right, yeah. I don't know if it's still available, but I know I've heard of it. Trying to be like Sprite and 7-Up. Yeah. Uh, 239-1070 is the number. Brian, jump on here. Hey, how you doing? Great, Brian. I want to appreciate you going up to Tipton and doing that. You're a good person, Jay. Oh, I appreciate that, Brian. I had a great time up there. I really yeah. did. Once I'm I found from, uh, it. Once I found I'm, it. I'm your neighbor yeah. here in uh, northern uh, Morgan County. Well, not too far from me right now. i got to get out there. You passed, right? I've got to mulch some leaves in the front yard here relatively <laughs> soon. So. But, uh, and then you start talking about knees. I'm 65. Yep. Both my knees are shot. And, you know, I get shots every 90 days, but I'm afraid of the surgery. So I haven't done it. Yeah. Well, but, you, you know, know what? I, I wasn't got, afraid I of the surgery. Case, I was, not. yeah, I was, was not afraid of the surgery. I just knew I would half ass the rehab. And, and oh, that's, yeah, so that's, no, that's, that's more, for other things that's about more that. about me. Yeah. So go ahead. Yeah. And, uh, also, a lot of playing basketball on pavement, you know, on yeah. my younger days. That'll grind you, there's no doubt. So, no, I just think that's so cool of you going I, up there and seeing him and everything. And I enjoy your program, and I've been listening since you've been on the air. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate that more than you know. Stop by and okay. say hello sometime when you pass. Yeah, I don't get out much, but okay. You got it, Brian. Thank you very much. That's good. You haven't seen the leaves that I need to mulch. And I've done it. I've got to do it. I've already done it once. I got to do it some more. I got some uh, late fallers. Is that right? Late fallers. All right, Reggie's at two three nine ten seventy. Reggie, hello. What's up, man? This is Homer Reggie, man. Oh, uh, Reggie. Uh, man, I'm a little disgusted, man. You know, I've I've been bought into the hype for five days. I've been talking about the cases, posting about them, man. Man, I I got skull drugs on Twitter and on uh, my Facebook account because yeah. they just didn't show up. I was so disgusted. They left you vulnerable in social media. They did with that performance yesterday, indeed. Oh, man, it was horrible, man. I, I, I switched to watching the San Francisco 49ers, and I hate the 49ers. <laughs> I hate the 49ers. I started watching a little bit of Red Zone after that, too. Yeah. It was tired. I'm at the gym. I'm trying to burn off some of that Elijah Craig from when I called you the other day. Yep. And a, a, a dang on Steelers fan just walked in. Every time I see a Steelers fan, I just want to drop kick him in the forehead. <laughs> I don't know why. It's those, those urine the yellow towels they wave all the time, man. man I completely understand that philosophy. Yes. And, hey, man, they had me cussing up a yes. storm last night. They do. I, I just... And you know, I'm a I'm the biggest Pacers, Coach, Butler, IU, Purdue. I'm the biggest one fan around here, man. And, I, man, last night, man, I, 
I could have sworn that was the dream team the Pacers were playing last yeah. night, man. Yeah. I just, I just couldn't believe it, man. It was the nightmare was team of, of the Pacers. And you're right. Hey, Reggie, thank you very much. You call any time. i got to hit the top of the hour break. Yeah, the lack of winning consistency has a lot of people on the reg tired around here, and I completely understand why. Stephen Holder, 5 o'clock hour. Tony East, he joins us next. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, sir. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. All right, too late. Dean Warmer. Fat, drunk, and stupid. Man, I played at Southport Fieldhouse yesterday. That felt so good to be back. I love that floor. I was trying to think. When you're old and decrepit and out of shape like me and you still love playing basketball all the time, you, you cherish, you embrace the places where the floor is incredibly soft and so are the rims. And even though I think the janitor broke the backboard of one, so they got two new ones and completely screwed me over a year ago, the rims are still good enough, but the floor is so soft on the knees, man, let me tell you. When they relegate us to play in the auxiliary gym, and that's basically like uh, wood paneling on top of concrete, you can tell a serious difference. And see, I can the younger dudes that I play with, now, one is the baseball coach down there, uh, Brendan Dudas, Dudas Baseball, who actually gets us in on Sunday mornings. And now even the younger generation is starting to understand exactly what I'm talking about. There is a difference. But Southport, playing at Hinkle Fieldhouse, soft. You know, playing inside Gambridge Fieldhouse, that floor is soft. Something about it when you get older, everybody. OAR tickets to give away coming up next summer uh, at uh, White River. Do that coming up, too. Stephen Holder in the 5 o'clock hour. Your call, stay on hold. Wednesday, Bud Light Blue Friday finds us once again, traditionally speaking, just like Thanksgiving in your home, the tradition of being at Brothers in Broad Ripple on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving for this show this Wednesday. Tell you a little bit more. A little bit later on. On the Andy Moore Automotive Group Potline, you can find his work. Uh, our friend Tony East, Locked On Pacers, at SI Pacers, at Forbes Sports, at WTHR. If it's about the Pacers, he writes about it. And granted, Tony, I know that it's early in the season, but I don't care what month, what day, what hour it is. A performance like yesterday that was so embarrassing, completely unacceptable. Do not care what time of year it falls. Absolutely. I mean, especially given the team that they have talked about wanting to be. They want to make the playoffs. They want to be playing after the regular season ends in some capacity. And they sure look like a team that could do that in their first 11 games. But if they want to be that level of team that they've talked about being and that they have shown they can be, you you, you can't get blown out by 40 on your home court. I don't care what the final score was. They, they were down 40 almost in the first half. Like, you cannot have games like that at all. I know the league's good and every team is tough outside of maybe three or four, but the Magic are supposed to be like in their tier of ascending talent. They cannot have performances like that against a team like that. What was the uh, conversation in the locker room 
afterwards, too, regarding that. Because this is the second blip on the radar in the last three weeks or so here. Yeah, they were really frustrated with themselves. The long layoff leading up to the game, like I think there was some thought that they'd just come in and keep it rolling from Tuesday and be ready to go. Um, no one, nobody really liked the performance that, that the team had after the game. Uh, Cyrus Albert and Rick Carlisle made that, you know, very clear. Didn't have enough energy from the jump. They couldn't adjust to the Magic size. And, you know, for all the things that I thought went wrong with the Magic being the first team to really give Tyrese Halbert in trouble this season, Rick Carlisle said, ah, no, it's not about the offense, it's about the defense. And I think he's right to point that out because the Magic do not have a good offense. It was 26th in the league in offensive rating entering the game. And they scored 78 in the first half. They were unstoppable. They had over 40 points in the first quarter. The Pacers couldn't stop fouling them because they were getting beat everywhere all over the floor. So I think tonally the Pacers kind of, you know, riding off a high from their last three games with two really impressive wins, had this nice gap. They were just not at all ready to play, and they were kind of embarrassed by the defense they played. It was atrocious. But really, it's not like the offense was any better early either. They, they just simply put, Tony, they were not prepared to come out and play on either end. No, no. I mean, the Magic have the best defense in the league, right? But Halliburton, that hasn't mattered. Philadelphia had a top-five defense when the Pacers went there. They could score easily against those guys, so – I understand they're big. I think they're a tough matchup for the Pacers. That's, even if they're a tough matchup, it's not an excuse for how much trouble they had scoring in that first half. With 40, what, they had 44, 42 at halftime. The Magic had 42 after one quarter, right? And they they looked so out of it and lethargic, and they were taking, like, like not the shots that it feels like they usually go for, whether that was because they didn't feel like they could get the shots they normally get or because of something the Magic were doing. I don't know, but... No one outside of Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown was making some nice plays and attacking the basket. I mean, nobody had it on offense in the first half. They had no energy. They couldn't keep it moving. I mean, Rick Carlisle called two timeouts and it was what eleven to zero. Like they they couldn't do anything early. So Tony East talking Pacers with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. And Rick Carlisle did mention at the outset it wasn't about the offense; it was about the defense. And what and I've said this to you before. What concerns me about this group is exactly how much better they can get defensively. Now, granted, to look better than that wouldn't seem like it would take very much because they were embarrassed and outclassed from the jump. But consistently better, which I think is what we're all, Tony, looking for on this, I don't know where it might be within this team. Like, I can't tell you if I look at the roster and go, oh, yeah, this guy's going to be – and I mean Halliburton down. This guy's going to be a better defensive player. I don't know where they're going to find it with this group. Yeah, they have, like, like the problem is, to me, their best – Dustin Dupirak from the Stars has been all over this this season. Like, their best defensive five guys is not a group that can score that well, and their best offensive five guys can't defend at all, right? So they have to mix and match to be a good, capable, competent team all the time, which is fine. A lot of teams have to decide on those trade-offs all the time. But that means – you know, when they're playing, for example, the best offense that they can, they're going to have one, two, maybe three weak links on defense out there. And when they're playing the best defense they can, they're going to have trouble scoring. And really, last night you saw that fully exposed, right, the Magic with their big size could just go, oh, we got a mismatch right here. This guy's not a good defender. Let's throw it in there. And they drop out. Oh, they got another one over here. Like, it, it was easy for them to score. And so the, the Pacers can add more talent, but it's hard to get to balance the lineups in that way. They kind of need – if. If, if they can't develop the guys on the defensive end to the extent that they have tried to so far, they really need 
to have some more two-way guys in the mix to avoid having to deal with that problem because you really saw last night what kind of limitations it can have for a team. Yeah, I, granted, and I thought I, when I was watching the broadcast, Quinn had mentioned you have a long layoff, and that you know messes with you. That has an effect, and there's no doubt. But it, there was no excuses for that. I mean, that wasn't about the layoff and effect. That was just about a team that again wasn't wasn't ready to play. Did they have any answers as to why it seemed that they weren't ready to go out there and give it the effort? That you had a packed house for the first time on a Sunday when the Colts weren't playing, I mean, you had this window all to yourself and then you go out there and look like garbage. That's problematic. Yeah, absolutely. I don't really know that they had, like Rick Carlisle, you know, he says this a lot when they have games like that. He said it was on him. It didn't have him prepared, ready to go. All the players will, of course, deflect that and say, no, it's on us. We weren't ready to go. But, you know, it's funny, like, when they went down what was 11 to nothing, right, and I thought, okay, maybe this is just like Russ from the slow start. But they never recovered from it, ever. They tried every answer. Jordan Wara played in the first half. Ben Shepard played in the first half. Jarris Walker played. T.J. McConnell was in early because they didn't yeah, have the energy. Yes. Way earlier. McConnell yeah. was in after, what, four minutes? Like, they, they had to try these answers because nobody had it. And McConnell was like playing hard. Like, all the bench guys are doing what they normally do. That group's been good. But that still wasn't even close to enough for the level that they needed. The Magic just came in and were better. So they didn't really have, like, a – a mental reason or like a, like, you know, the long layoff reason. And you can't even use the layoff as an excuse when you're down 40 at, on your home floor, almost at halftime, right? Like you just flat out didn't have it. And whatever reason they want to give it, it shouldn't happen. It's embarrassing. I think they know that they were not happy uh, with how they played and a little bit with the, you know, officiating of the game, which will happen when you're frustrated about other things. You'll get frustrated about the officiating too. But, I mean, that, that's not a performance a team like this can have, especially given what they've said they want to be. What do you think is, you mentioned this a little bit earlier, their best defensive lineup out there? Yeah, I think uh, Miles, obviously, at the five is in there. Bruce Brown, who they signed this summer, uh, he's in there for sure on the wing. And Aaron Neesmith's defended really well this season. Those three guys have been very consistent on defense all year. Andrew Nimhard's a good defensive player. I think those are the first four I have in of the Pacers. Uh, they can all defend on the perimeter. They're all pretty mobile. They're all smart and understand it. It's hard to know who the last guy should be, right? If you put Neesmith at the four, you could think about a number of guys being there, maybe Ben Matherin, maybe Jarris Walker, although he hasn't been to well in his opportunities either. Um, so that's another part where it's hard. Is like they don't necessarily have the perfect fifth guy to – tie together that, that defensive five. Right before the season, the talk was that Jarris would be that fifth guy. Maybe he will be by the time the season is over, right? It's only been 12 games of his entire career, and he had some nice moments last night, I think maybe one of his more complete games so far in the league. But Toppin, you know, did well against Embiid for a few possessions to his credit. Uh, same with not number of defense at all. Like, they are kind of scraping for a full five-man lineup of good defenders. So maybe it's Matherin. Uh, Hal Burton's a good team defender. Like, he reads the game pretty well, but on the ball, that he gets picked on a lot. Uh, so it's hard to come up with who their actual best five guys are just because there's there's still going to be a weak link, probably even in that group. Yeah, it's funny. And Tony East joins us talking paces on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I brought this up a little bit earlier because I was asked about this um, earlier on somebody else's show about where is – yeah, where the defensively, where is the biggest issue? And, and oftentimes, everybody looks at points in the paint, and then you know, kind of talks about that. But I, I always start at the point of attack because to me, any guard, and granted, we're talking about the NBA, where most of these guys can get 
to wherever they want on the floor with the dribble, especially in the backcourt, at any time, whenever they want. But you see at least some resistance. The Pacers have no resistance against anybody. And either whoever has the ball drives all the way and lays it up, or you know they do get some interior resistance, maybe from Miles, pass it out for a wide-open three, or drop it down on a pocket pass on a bounce for a dunk or a layup to Miles' man or somebody else that has gotten free on the interior. I think it all starts right there. The point of attack where they have no Nobody that can stay in front of anybody guard-wise in the NBA right now, to me. I agree with you 100%. And I even think like the points in the paint number you referenced and the point of attack defense are really related because they're give, like you just described the play perfectly. Like they either give up a drive and somebody's got a free lane to the rim to score, or Miles has to slide over, and, and he's great at this to his credit cut somebody off or, like, deter them from shooting. But that means whoever he was guarding is now open. So someone else has to crack down and get the Turner's guy. But sometimes that rotation doesn't happen or sometimes they're not expecting to need to do it because someone got beat. Right? Like, that is where they've had problems so much. And you heard them all summer. there When they were talking about getting better on defense, yeah, they changed their scheme. They're trying to prevent different shots now. At times you've seen it go okay, but at times you haven't. But a big part of their scheme being successful was they had to be better one-on-one defenders, right? Getting stops in the perimeter, stopping guys from doing exactly what you just said, easy drives to the basket. They were doing one-on-one drills in training camp, right? They wanted to get better in that way. But that's still definitely their biggest concern is at the point of attack, they can't keep the guy in front or at least make it slow, a slowed-down drive where you can't have such an easy line drive to the rim because if it's slower, guys can react quicker and Miles can understand where his man is and what he needs to do. He can only clean up so much. You see Miles Turner's impact numbers dip on defense, and it's hardly because he's gotten worse. It's because he has to do so much more with this group and what actually happens around him. So, to me, stopping the ball in the perimeter, which is why the, the three perimeter guys I named, Neesmith, Brown, and Nemhard, is a part of their best group. They can actually stay in front of guys and move their feet side to side better than anyone else on this team or slide or whatever phrasing you want to use. And that's why they've been so successful. But they never had, it's hard for them to put together a lineup of all guys who can do that all the time and are – incredible in the pick and roll and helping out in that way so it's just hard for them to come up and and get those point of attack stops and the magic specifically have guys who can burn you with the point of attack who are also six eight six ten right yeah. so for a small pacers team it was just an absolute nightmare of a defensive matchup and they got exposed they, yeah, they got they got dudes that can do it off the bench too but i, I just the, the pacers have nobody to stop it here's the other thing that stood out and i think you were probably in the mix there when rick carlisle talked about this he said defensively in the nba at this level when you get caught up in rotations uh that is deadly for your defense and and that was i think in terms of of buddy healed and what he brings as a three-point shooter but we're seeing this more times than not with this pacer team because it, it only takes one drive and then one pass for these guys to rotationally get completely discombobulated and it seems like more times than not give up a score a score and that's directly related to what Rick talked about at the beginning of the season. Yeah, being in rotation means, like, by default, you are reacting, right? And you never want to be the reacting part. You want to be causing the other team to react. But if you're rotating, that means you're either coming over to help or you have to be sliding over to stop something else the other team is doing. And that can be fine. Like, if your defense is on a str- – like, the, Ma- the Magic are the perfect example. They have the best defense in the NBA. Like, if you're on a string and you rotate well and all together and you're ready for your X out on the weak side, like, that can be fine because then the other team has to react to your rotation. But 
the Pacers get an rotation lot, and then sometimes it's hard to recover from that, or sometimes you're already exposing a bad shot, or you you end up with a mismatch with someone too small on somebody else. So they just, it's just hard. It's hard to do. Like if you're the, if you're rotating all the time, it means you're reacting a lot, which is already not ideal. And when when you're giving up what they give up, and what we already talked about the point of attack stuff and the lack of team defense, then there's just a lot of a lot of concerns. So. Yeah, they're in rotation a lot. Buddy Heald is good at causing rotation on both ends in a good and bad way, for example. So, yeah, they've got to clean up a lot on that end of the floor. And they know it, too. Like, they talk about it all the time. I know they know it. There's a point where it doesn't matter what you say. you got to actually do it, and they haven't done it outside of, you know, a few games, a few quarters yet. Tony East joins us. He covers the Pacers. He's on the Eddie Moore Automotive Group hotline. I have said this many times. I value Buddy Heald a great deal. Um, however, if Buddy Heald is broke – then it's tough for him to be out there because he doesn't do a lot of other things, especially add anything defensively. Uh, we have seen Buddy broke shooting the basketball here recently. Are we talking about slumping a little bit, or is there something more to that as far as coming off the bench, something he's not quite uh, acclimating to or or reading into it too much at this point? Uh, I mean, I've said this to – I've mentioned it twice now, but Dustin Dupereck, I said this, like during his, his two-for-12 game when they were playing Utah at home, I said, I said, Buddy can miss 50 in a row, and I still trust him to keep shooting, right? Like, he's he's proven that he is a good shooter. I think it's a slump. First seven games of the season, he was at 46% from deep in those games. That's great. That's something they want. That is him coming off the bench. I think that's fine. In the six games since then, he's at 23.7% from three. Like, that is just brutal. That's been a big part of their bench looking a little bit shakier. But the thing is, the volume, like the average shots he's taking per game in those two stretches is exactly the same. And I very rarely think Buddy Heald takes a three that's bad or forced, right? So I, he's usually either open or he can just get it off so fast that it's a threatening shot that forces the defense to adjust. So, of course, he's, he, he'll even admit it. He's not playing well. He's not making shots. That's a big problem when so much of what makes him a great player is that he makes them. But I think he's earned through his career and what he did last year where he you know, it's pretty close to leading the league in threes, that you give him the grace to keep shooting and keep playing. But you're right that for a player like that who you give up a lot defensively when you have him out there, if he's not making them, that's a big problem, especially for this bench group that really needs him to score. It's, uh, Tony East who joins us. Um, the ramifications of tomorrow night for the Pacers in Atlanta at 7.30. Big. Uh, first, Jan V, are you an in-season tournament fan? Um, I was gonna get. I was gonna give it some time. Here's what I'm a fan of. I'm a fan of some team around here like consistently winning, so I don't have to rip on their ass all the time, right? And I don't have to talk negative. And the Pacers were doing that until yesterday when they really dropped the ball on it for me. Yeah. So anything that they can be a value in in terms of winning, I'm for. So yes, I think so far I'm for the NBA's in season tournament, but it remains to be seen. Go ahead. Yeah, we'll see when the, the actual knockout bracket starts, what it looks like, and how serious teams are to take it. Um, but, yeah, that's what's a big – two things you think tomorrow. One, for the Pacers, outside of their outside of their record and the in-season tournament, is, like, pride and embarrassment after a game like that. Like, you want to see how they respond, right? Serious practice today. They had to talk about it. They had to work through it. You don't have a lot of time to, like, sit on a game like that and dive into the film. You've got to look ahead at Atlanta to do your thing. I think it's probably good for them in general, but at the same time, it can't, it can't be fun. So how they respond will be telling, and they're going against an Atlanta team that had three days off, right? So they're going to have to be at their absolute best. And I think we'll learn a lot about the Pacers because 
when they got blown out in Boston, Halberton didn't play. A lot of stuff went wrong. Like they kind of shrugged that one off. Boston like set their made the most they made in like 30 years or something. Right. Last night, the Magic just kicked their butt. There wasn't any historical anomalies going on in the game. So we'll learn a lot about their response to getting embarrassed. And then in the tournament wise, it's a it's a big one. If they win the game, it's simple. They win the group. Right. They're off to the knockout stage. Guaranteed. Doesn't matter what happens on Friday when they hit the Pistons, which is cool. I think that it being that simple is good for fans because there are some complicated parts of the in-season tournament. But winning your in is as easy as it gets. Uh, it's not the case on Friday that if they win their in, just the head-to-head of this game is, is kind of important to the whole structure. But Rick Carlisle even said it, right? He talked to the team about it. They know it's at stake tomorrow. So a big game for them mentally, a big game for them actually in the in-season tournament, the NBA Cup, whatever you want to call it. And, they, they get a fancy blue court in Atlanta. We'll see uh, what it leads to from the Pacers on the floor. Well, I will say this. Um, watching that Philly game last Tuesday night was like watching a game in hell. I I don't – the red courts are the worst ones to me. I think they're it's, – it's, you can lose the ball sometimes on those. Yeah, it was uh, singeing my retinas, too. That was problematic. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not I'm not like some old fart and go, oh, that's a different kind of court. They didn't have this kind of court in 1976. I, I'm not saying that, but the red ones, it, it is like watching a game in hell, I would imagine. Yeah. The, like, I can – I don't like too many of them. I can tolerate the blue ones. I can tolerate the purple ones. I It's hard to watch games on the red ones. Like, it's actually problematically challenging to see the ball sometimes. So, uh, if, they, if they could go without the red next year, I'd be – I'd be more okay with them, although people keep slipping, man. Like, yeah. Jalen Brown hurt his groin. The Pacers were complaining about it. Like, they, they got to get them to be solid courts where the graphics are, like, safe to run on. I mean, you saw the video of LeBron stomping all over the Lakers floor just to make sure that everywhere he plants his foot, he's not going to get hurt. It, that's the only concern with them in terms of actual basketball products so far, and that's what makes them a little scary. But the Atlanta one, I don't think I've heard any concerns about so far. Yeah, and those painted on pieces, too, when a, a bead of sweat drips off a player, which happens all the time, you step on that, and it's like you step on like the ice rink out, outdoors yeah, now yeah. here at Gambridge Fieldhouse. So, yeah, it's like that. You saw in the first quarter where guys were like had just started sweating, like Andrew Emhart's first cut of the game, he yep. catches an inbound test, turns, and he, boop, he's on the ground with no defensive presence because he slipped on a graphic, right? So it hasn't happened everywhere. Benefit of the doubt is given. It's something new, but Jalen Brown got a little hurt from it. Like, that is actually a problem the NBA has to address. Yeah, I, like yeah. yeah I would agree. But like Buddy Heald also busted his, busted his rear end on it, too. He, he flew out of bounds. He yeah. was really flying on his, yeah. But he never gets hurt, so I, I was not actually concerned. But you could tell he got up and was like, dang, you know what happened there? So, yeah, that's certainly, I think, a concern for the league because so far, to me, the in-season tournament hasn't taken anything away from anything, which is good. But it has. this could be the thing that makes it not good if someone gets seriously injured on these new courts. Hey, final thing, Andrew Nimhart is he going to be active tomorrow wearing jeans on the sideline again? Little progress today, Rick said, but – uh, TBD. I think we'll get an injury report. They probably land pretty soon in Atlanta. So I'd imagine we get an injury report 435, 30-ish in terms of that. Um, they're playing Trey Young, JMV, so they could definitely yeah. use him for a game like that. And the guard defense. I mean, Jalen Suggs ripped him apart, right? He had 18 points and had no resistance. We just talked about point of attack defense. So TBD is the answer. Lower back soreness can suck. Bradley Beals played in two games all season for the Suns because of it. I'm giving you way too much detail for this answer, but 
Uh, the answer is TBD. We'll see. Yeah, I don't think um, – it kind of looked like the Pacers were trying to guard wearing jeans yesterday against Orlando. So. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's bad. Hey, Tony, I always appreciate it, man. Uh, enjoy the game tomorrow night, the rest of the uh, in-season tournament. Hopefully uh, you got some good stuff to ride other than what took place yesterday. We'll do it again soon. Happy Thanksgiving to you, buddy. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much. It's Tony East on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Highline. Now, there's only one person in the history of the world that could ever play in jeans, and that is uh, Larry Joe Bird. And nobody else. Nobody else can. <laughs> yeah. uh, see, I'm glad that he said that, too, because I get all this, oh, you're overreacting. It's November. Yeah. You don't overreact. That was a joke yesterday. It was a joke. And it really stinks because you had a lot of people at home, you know, no Colts bye week, and you're going to tune in, or you went down and you sold the joint out for the first time this year. And that was the crappy product that was presented. And again, I don't care what time of year it is, that has an effect. And it was too bad. A little bounce back, I think, would be necessary. Then I'll get, see, told you, oh, yeah, panic guy. You got to get everybody panicked. You got to stir it up. Get rating. Let me tell you this. (laughs) A ratings winner is not talking about the Pacers giving up 78 points in the first half of a game against Orlando on a Sunday afternoon. I don't get to flex on a ratings win with that. Just so you know. Quick break. We'll come back. If you're on hold, I'll get to you. Stephen Hold, the top of the hour. Colts back from a bye week. Tampa coming into town on Sunday. We'll talk about that and more. IU just about set to get underway against Louisville in the dreaded consolation game. If you've ever played, if you've ever participated in a consolation game, you know how awful they are. There is no consolation in playing in a consolation game. It's not always about winning, JMV. (laughs) Let me tell you this. It is always about not participating in a consolation game. IU's in it. Madison Square Garden, the first of two there this afternoon, this evening. The championship game is Texas and UConn. IU-Louisville this afternoon, about five minutes from getting underway. We'll keep you updated. Purdue-Gonzaga, top of the hour. Game number one of the Maui Invitational from Honolulu. Boilermakers and Gonzaga coming up at 5 o'clock. We'll keep you updated on that as well. 93.5107, Five the fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. I love JMV. He looks like Rascal Flatts guy. Got a cool soul patch. He does, and a buttery smooth voice. Oh, yeah. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Trackside's tonight at 7. IU Louisville just underway. 
Now, the consolation game of the uh, Empire Classic that has UConn playing Texas for the championship at Madison Square Garden later on tonight. And uh, down the stretch, the final two minutes of the uh, Maui Invitational quarterfinal where seventh-ranked Tennessee now has a, an 11-point advantage. Like Syracuse was making a bit of a run, uh, looking like they're going to fall short. Now down 11 with the final 130 to go in the second half of play. Purdue top of the hour versus 11th-ranked Gonzaga in another quarterfinal. And really not standing nine of basketball, Monday night football. Got the matchup with the Eagles and the Chiefs. This is a good night of sports across the board. OAR tickets for you if I'm reminded to do so coming up before the break and coming up after 5 o'clock. And our thanks to Tony East for joining us on, uh, once again, the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. A little bit earlier, podcast if you missed any of it, and just the uh, complete embarrassment of yesterday uh, for the Pacers and that home loss, a sellout to the Orlando Magic, trying to get back up off the mat against Atlanta in that play-in game formatted matchup tomorrow down in Atlanta and a win and you get to the knockout stage which is good uh, I just saw this a little bit earlier and I'm I'll mention this to Stephen Holder who's going to join us coming up at the top of the hour Colts owner Jim Ursay and this is from HBO's Real Sports evidently a new episode of Real Sports streams tomorrow on Stream on Max, I guess I could also see it on HBO, right? And the next episode of Real Sports. Andrea Kramer of Real Sports has an in-depth interview with Jim Irsay uh, detailing a painful journey after years of addiction that, again, in this tweet, suggests nearly destroyed him. And uh, should be interesting. We'll talk to Stephen about that coming up at the top of the hour, too. Uh, Andrea Kramer and Real Sports in depth. Yes, that is also on HBO. If you have HBO, it premieres tomorrow night at 10 o'clock. And then obviously you can stream it at Stream on Max. For this story on Real Sports with Jim Irsay. And a little bit more on that with Stephen Holder coming up at the top of the hour. Yeah, you guys are telling me I did not know that Squirt was a grapefruit-based soft drink. I knew it was a soft drink. I didn't know it was grapefruit. I got, hey, let me have a grapefruit-tasting drink. But Eric and then Chad Bach mentioned that too. Chad of Madison County. Actually, Chad and Stacy from Madison County. Always picks it up when the boy band is over. It's the favorite of the vocalist. Well done. From Derek. Hey, JMV, this is Derek. I went out the other day and bought a zero candy bar. It wasn't very good, and I will never buy one again, but it was fun to try. I was always digging it. I went through a phase of white chocolate loving, and now it's so prominent, so convenient to get, not so much anymore. Uh, Basically, it's in anything now. Again, I'll talk about it in terms of back in the day when those of you understand this, the older generation talks with you. we, We didn't have the variety of different kinds, every different kind, for example, of a Reese's Cup or a Hershey bar. 
So you had to go out and buy a different candy bar altogether that had a little white chocolate and uh, nutty nougat greatness, which was a zero. Just different era altogether. But Derek, I'm glad that you tried it, and I'm glad that you liked it. Big Glenn, and man, when Big Glenn gets ornery, we know that something went haywire yesterday with the Pacers. I was so mad about the Pacers game in the fan zone. I yelled, put the mad uh, mad ants in. The effort was blank. That's Big Glenn, everybody. Boo. The effort was blank. And he's right about that. It was. JMV, I think Halliburton having more turnovers than assists is a historic anomaly last night. On to the next one. And again, I don't care what month, what hour, what day. Doesn't matter to me. Never, ever, ever look like that. I feel certain. I feel confident in pointing the finger and saying never look like that. Because that was a joke. You've had two jokes in the last month now. One was excused because it was Boston and Boston, no Halliburton. It was excused. Much more difficult to excuse yesterday's joke. And we can be critical, as we have been so far today. 239-1070. Jay is up next. Hello, Jay. Hey, JMB, man. What's happening with you? Jay, I'm waiting on you to call. Go ahead. Um... Yeah, that Pacers uh, uh, game uh, last night, man, was it, very embarrassing. Um, however, man, it looked like Orlando was out there playing with a bunch of midgets. I mean, it. I mean, I mean, uh, I mean, no, uh, the Pacers' length, man, is it's it's sorry, man. Even with them adding toppings to the mix, man, I mean, Orlando just looks so much bigger. Yeah, and uh, I, I I think if they can try to incorporate, and I seen it last year when they took in. Put Isaiah and um, uh, Stephen Smith in uh, with that second unit, man. It provided a lot of protecting the paint and stuff like that. And I think that's what they need to do, man. They need to, with that second unit, man, they need to consider, man, going playing big like they do with the first unit with Toppins and uh, Turner. I It didn't look to me – I saw Rick – trying nearly everything yesterday and it only seemed like that it got worse until Orlando just simply put put their guys on the bench and played the end of the bench and that's what was so disturbing nothing that Carlisle did uh, had any effect whatsoever and and I will also say this Jay it it didn't matter it was both ends I I know that defensively and giving up what 78 or whatever it was in the first half is really awful, but it was both ends. They couldn't do anything at the outset of the game. That first quarter was terrible. It looked like a team, and this is so easy to say and really hard to nail down, but if you were going to eyeball it and suggest a team looked like they were not ready to play on either end, I think a good description of that would have been the Pacers from yesterday. Oh, I agree with you, and, they, and and Goga looked like, hey, man, y'all shouldn't have got rid of me. He was blocking <laughs> yeah. shots and everything. Yeah, he was. He was. He was. All, yeah, and it was. It was an. It was an embarrassing game for the Pacers all the way around. No doubt, man. Thanks a lot, buddy. For Jay, you call anytime. Thank you. And again, especially on a day and they sold out the arena. Well, stand alone. Don't have to whine and cry about people giving attention to the Colts. And then you go out there and look like that. And there's nobody out there that wants them to look good like that. I want them to look good.
I love basketball, and I want to talk them up, and I love watching their games. I didn't love that. And Quinn on the broadcast was right. Quinn had mentioned, hey, when you have – and it was an unusual length of time that they were off. And that's why you thought, all right, well, the first quarter, and it's going to take him a minute to get back. That can have an effect. But, yeah, overall, on both sides of the floor, they were embarrassed by Orlando. And we are well past the time where you should excuse that. Oh, well – it's early in the season. Oh, well, Orlando has bigs and all, oh, well, all crap. We look at this year. We look at this team differently and do not let anybody tell you otherwise. That's what they expect. That's what you should expect. Bill's up next. Hello, Bill. How are you? Hey, JMV, look forward to seeing you guys on uh, Wednesday at Brothers. It is a Brothers Broad Ripple Wednesday before Thanksgiving tradition of this show on a Bud Light Blue Wednesday. I can't wait to see you there, too. That's going to be a lot of fun. But, uh, man, I'll tell you what wasn't a lot of fun was watching that Pacer game last night. You talk <laughs> yeah. about squirt. I mean, that, that was that was definitely a You just made James – James over there just cringed when you said squirt. So, yes. Oh, well, it's, you know, for me, the weekend sports-wise was so bad because of the Pacers. But also, I want to get your take on the the no call and the IU football game against Michigan State, where clearly there was pass interference. Yeah, and everything. there was pass yeah. interference and preventing a touchdown. It was probably one of the more blatant pass interferences I've ever seen, and there was no call. None. So, so what happens then? What happens now? That the the end. The Big Ten apologizes, or I mean, you can't you can't replay the game or anything. But that's pretty egregious. I the first thing I thought of when that happened, I said, "Man, this referee's on the take. This <laughs> this, this referee's got money on this game." So I think he needs to be investigated. I really do. Uh, here's and, here's what happens: people go, "Hey, it's IU. They just lost." Um, nobody cares, and it's Tom Allen. He's got to go. That's the basis of conversation afterwards. But I would agree. I, I wouldn't agree with you on the take thing. I would, Billy, agree with you on uh, that being an incredibly egregious non-call right there, too. And then the uh, the, um, the the illegal, the intentional grounding thing was pretty stupid, too. They had a couple of stupid ones late. Yeah. That was bad for the program, and, and uh, also want to make a couple of predictions. Yep. The Heisman Trophy this year is going to be won by Michael Penix, and Washington is going to uh, end up playing in the national championship game. Billy, that's a fantastic prediction. We'll see you on Wednesday. I'll be there. Take Michael care. Penix. Yeah, that was. That was a bad call. I, I think it was Williams, right, of IU, that his, um, his left arm was being held. So, yeah, that was a bad no-call. Yeah, I don't know about the on-the-take stuff, but it was a bad no-call. And that's just what happens. I mean, people just, eh, it's IU, and, yeah, they lose. Everybody gets back to getting after Tom Allen and wondering if they can come up with any money to buy him out and expedite a process of getting rid of the head coach a year prior to what many people believe is going to happen and – and that's basically that. Yes, yeah, that's where you are. All right, officially underway the consolation game in the uh, Empire Classic, New York's Madison Square Garden.
Um, 18 minutes. That's the first half. Just underway, 3-2 Louisville over IU in that game. Texas-UConn, the championship. Maui Invitational going on already with Tennessee moving forward in that game. Of course, Purdue-Gonzaga coming up in the quarterfinal top of the hour. OAR, want to do that right now? All right, OAR is coming to – I'm going to make sure I get this right as well. OAR is coming to the Everwise Amphitheater at White River State Park. All right, you know that as formerly the TCU Amphitheater. Everwise Amphitheater, White River State Park, OAR – and I don't have a, a great deal of background on this. The special guest is Ripe. Ripe. You want to play something from Ripe on the way back in, too? Ripe. OAR and Ripe. That's Saturday, August the 31st. I know it's a long way away. Pair of tickets for you, 239-1070. Just in time for the holiday season because we like you a great deal. In fact, is that Labor Day weekend this year? Labor Day weekend, the 31st, that weekend? I believe that would be the first, first Monday of September is always Labor Day, right? First Monday? Yeah. So that would be Labor Day weekend. OAR with special guest Ripe at 239-1070. Number nine is a winner. Stephen Holder, top of the hour. Don't go anywhere. 93.5107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. We have the Holy Hand Grenade. Yes, of course. The Holy Hand Grenade of Antioch. Right. One, two, five. Please, uh, Three. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. All right, everybody, this is Ripe. Ripe is with OAR. August the 31st, Everwise Music Center, White River State Park. Ripe. Ripe's new album, Bright Blues, has an, is this a word, anthemic? Anthemic. I think anthemic is how you pronounce it. I was right on top of the first pronunciation. An anthemic feel. Anthemic feel. It is a collection of 12 songs full of sleek grooves and bold melodies that the alternative pop quartet put together to help ride out tough times. That is the group known as Ripe. Live from MGM Music Hall at Fenway, Ripe. Get to see them open up for OAR coming up August the 31st, everybody. I did not know, so I had to check that out on my own. Uh, Stephen Holder coming up at the top of the hour. I mentioned this. I'm going to ask him a couple of questions regarding it coming out tomorrow night at 10 p.m. That's on HBO. Streamed beginning tomorrow at Stream on Max. HBO's Real Sports and Andrea Kramer has an in-depth interview with Colts owner Jim Ursay and uh, details of his painful journey 
and years of addiction that nearly destroyed him. That's HBO Real Sports coming up tomorrow. I think 10 o'clock is when this uh, airs for the first time tomorrow night on HBO. And then obviously with the uh, HBO Max stream, whatever that is, uh, you can get it done that way. We'll ask Steven about that coming up at the top of the hour. Colts coming off a bye week. And what in the wide, wide world of sports is going on with Jelani Woods? We go ahead and rehab this hamstring and then pop another hamstring. Hamstrings popping on the Colts tied in like guitar strings. Talk to Stephen Holder about that coming up at the top of the hour, too. IU Louisville again underway with the Cardinals up 13-12. 12-minute mark of the first half of play. Consolation game of the Empire Classic at Madison Square Garden. Purdue and Gonzaga about four minutes or so away from starting a quarterfinal round matchup in the Maui Invitational. Purdue and Gonzaga will keep you updated on both. Stephen Holder, your chance to win OAR tickets again coming up at the 5 o'clock hour. Don't go anywhere. It's 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Can you fly this plane and land it? Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. At Tony East a little bit earlier, Pacers get embarrassed at home yesterday by Orlando. In an in-season tournament game, in fact, tomorrow on the road in Atlanta, a win, and they're in the uh, knockout round stage of whatever the hell that is, which is good. And it'd be nice to see them bounce back after just an embarrassing performance yesterday that we talked about, no matter what time of year, what day, how early in the season, midway through, late. If you want to be recognized as something that many people thought you were not going to be, you don't want a game like that, and you sure as hell don't want to add that to now having two games like that in the first month. Again, can't soft toss it here. That was embarrassing and a joke, defensively especially. It'll be better than that. Pacers, Atlanta. Coming up tomorrow night, IU and Louisville. Hoosiers down three with the ball right now. Under 12 to go in the first half. Consolation game of the Empire Classic and Gonzaga and Purdue. Maui Invitational quarterfinal round game. Just about set to get underway. Monday night football's a doozy tonight, too. The Eagles and the Chiefs in a little Super Bowl rematch. Meantime, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, friend of the show from ESPN, ESPN ESPN.com. Stephen Holder joins us. Um, I feel compelled to start right here because Real Sports on HBO tomorrow night is going to have a segment going in-depth regarding Jim Mercer, the Colts owner. Andrea Kramer is going to do it. 10 o'clock on HBO tomorrow night, I believe, on their streaming services. It also begins tomorrow, which um, the tweet says, after years of addiction nearly destroyed him, the first in-depth interview with Jim Mercer detailing his painful journey. Again, that's with Andrea Kramer, HBO's Real Sports premiering coming up tomorrow. Uh, Did you know that was coming? 
I, I did not. No, I did not. It's um, but you know he has been increasingly, I think, public about his struggles. Not this public, yeah. but but he's definitely been you know more public since he's done the uh, kick the stigma campaign, and I, I think all of that really the genesis of it is his own experiences, right? So, I mean, you know, whereas years ago, and you you know this, so years ago, it, it was kind of an open secret that he had addictions and that he had these issues and these demons, but but it was not acknowledged, you know? And I think that's what's changed in recent years, which is really coinciding with, with Ursay kind of getting past those demons you know, now there's an acknowledgement and he's talked about it and, and has been open about it again, not to this extent, maybe, but, um, but I think that's a good thing. You know, it is a good thing. And I think the, the openness about it is, is one of the hardest things uh, about addiction. You know, just everybody has, has encountered this in their, their family life or whoever, you know, people close to you, we all know what that's like, you know, getting, the, the acknowledgments sometimes the hardest part, you know, so I like that that he has done that uh, increasingly in, in recent years. And I'm interested to see what this entails, including that detail in the tweet that he that he did have an overdose that almost killed him. Yeah, and that that had been something that you know obviously you, you hear a, a lot of rumors, and I saw you tweet yeah. about this a little bit earlier that you, you don't go with because there's nothing that that comes your way concretely that you can write about that you can mention. But uh, you know this is something that I think some people had had talked about prior to rumor wise that evidently he uh, talks about and admits in this episode coming up tomorrow night. Yeah, the the rumor was out there and. Yeah. Um, you know, I actually remember approaching people about it and <laughs> no one really tried to talk me out of it. They just, you know, just wouldn't confirm it. You know what I mean? So, you know, you kind of always in the back of your head had a feeling, well, that probably happened, <laughs> you know? And, uh, yeah, it, it, I'm glad that it, it, it ended positively. Certainly. I mean, it was, I, I do know that had to be certainly very scary, you know, um, you know, when, when you come that close, you know, to, to the end. And I, I do know, you know, that that was among many things that kind of really got the attention or his attention and, and probably those of the people around him too, you know? So it's all, it, it's all moved to, to a, a de- definitely a very positive place. It's just, uh, it was hard getting there, you know. It was just really hard getting there, unfortunately. Now, how many years now have you covered the Colts? Uh, I've been there on on the beach since uh, 2013 season. Yeah, yeah so uh, the season number 11, which is crazy. I never thought that. Never thought I'd see that. But yeah, how, how have you seen him evolve with this uh, in mind? I mean, we 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 oh, more times. Certainly, talk about him and the guidance of this team uh, from an ownership position. But you know, as far as his his whole his whole situation, how have you seen that evolve over the time you've been here writing about it? A great question because you know I remember the first time I I, I met Jim Ursay. Um, it was in a group setting. I think it might have been uh, I, I might have been here in uh, maybe like a little less than a year at that point. And I think it might have been the first game that uh, that Peyton came back with the Broncos, if you remember. And they opened the roof that night and all that. So that that week, you know, he had been he had talked about the Star Wars and all that, if you recall. 
uh, yep. made some some headlines that week. The Star Wars numbers of the yeah. uh, the regime, uh, the whole era before, which yeah. He, yeah, he talked about them kind of disparagingly, which made some headlines if you yeah. recall. So anyway, so that interview, I remember he came in. We talked in the indoor facility that day, and I just remember how frail he was, and just now, granted, right now he's going through some health issues. Right now, he's had some. I think, you know, had a hip done and, you know, all kinds of things. So you might see him now. He doesn't look maybe like he's in great shape, but physically in his, in his face and just his his facial, um, facial features, you can see the difference then versus now just, he looks so much healthier. I mean, look, I'm no doctor and I don't, and I can't tell you, you know, what did that to him? I mean, I think we do know what did it, but I mean, I, I don't know what he was, what he might've been using at the time or what have you. I, I don't know. All I can tell you is he looked like someone who was not well. He just did. And, and now setting aside, you know, the surgeries that he's had to have and all that, which is a separate matter. Um, he just, he's just more vibrant. He looks like a different person and, you know, facially, um, you know, he's, he's just more alive, frankly. And so it's a, it's a really good thing. It, it goes to show you just, you know, the, the depths that addiction can take you to, to be completely honest. And, you know, so again, going back to my early days here, I think my second season or just after my first season covering the Colts is when he is when Jim Mercer got the DUI. So, I mean, all of that was my introduction to this. And I'm like, wow, what in the world, man, this is crazy. You know? Uh, I was not really aware of the depth of the issues, you know, so I was learning all this on the fly and it was a lot, man. Uh, So anyway, yeah, (laughs) a lot has happened and a lot's changed for the better. Thank goodness. So Stephen Holder of ESPN, ESPN ESPN.com on the Andy Moore automotive group hotline. I don't know if this is going to be covered in it. I guess we'll, we'll watch and then find out and talk about it here next Monday. Um, if it is, I, I, I've often mentioned this and nobody's told me this. This is just my opinion with a variety of topics that pertain to the NFL. It has seemed to me like over the past year plus, he's really taken a step to be one of those lead voices like a you know Jerry Jones type of lead voice among the NFL owners. We've talked about this a little bit, but certainly mm-hmm. not recently. Do you believe that as well? Is, is that what we see? Does he just want to be heard? Or is it like what I suggest is he wants to be a lead voice among the hierarchy of the NFL ownership? I agree with you as opposed to the people who thinks he's just kind of blabbering. Um, you know, yes. Does he does he talk uh, a lot and and maybe even at times when he shouldn't? Yeah, of course. But I but I don't think the intent is is necessarily in the wrong place. Um, it is exactly what you said, at least from my perception. I think Jim Mersey sees himself as a caretaker or among you know the caretakers of the NFL. You know, he talks a lot about the older guard of ownership. You know the Lamar hunts of the world and, and so forth. And to him, you know, that, that group holds a very special place to him because, you know, they are the forefathers of of what we have today uh, as an NFL league. And it's very important to him from my conversations and and observations to, to continue um, the legacy that they started. So that's, that's how he looks at it. You know, he thinks it's a pretty big responsibility and, 
I remember talking to him at times throughout the, uh, the, the recent Washington sale, you know, just kind of getting some of those details to contribute to some of our ESPN stories. He's on the, the finance committee, which basically vets buyers of, of new teams. That's a very big responsibility. And, and he was like deep into that process. Like, I mean, knee deep. He could talk about the financials. He could talk about, you know, the, um, all the, all the different uh, debt limits and all this other stuff that, that I'm not even qualified to talk about. <laughs> he knew it backwards and forwards. And it's because he takes that role very seriously. And so that is, I think you're exactly right. It is about being a caretaker of the league and, and continuing to keep the league in high esteem. Uh, and he thinks that's a big part of his job. It's uh, Stephen Holder who joins us. All right, coming off a of bye week, and again, that HBO Real Sports episode tomorrow night at 10 o'clock premieres on HBO, and then you can catch it on the uh, streaming service uh, as well regarding uh, Jim Mercy and that conversation with Andrea Kramer we've been talking about. So off a of bye week, now in preparation for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 5-5. Five and five. What in the world is going on with Jelani Woods here? <laughs> so... The latest is today, Sam Steichen said that uh, Jelani had a setback with his other hamstring. He's been bothered by this hamstring injury since training camp or since the preseason, as you probably know. And we haven't gotten any specific updates. I mean, clearly it's a very serious injury at this point. But anyhow, we were told he was getting closer in in recent weeks. And now uh, Shane Steichen revealed that Jelani had a, a setback with the other hamstring. I'm not, ex- I'm not sure how that happened, but it's something during his rehab, he said, uh, he didn't get into details. Uh, look, you know, when you, when you have an injury, sometimes, you know, on one half you compensate on the other half, you know? So I don't know, maybe there was just a, an imbalance going on there. And I don't, he did not say, well, let me rephrase that. He was asked, Shane Steichen was asked, whether this means he'll miss the season. He said that he couldn't answer that just yet, as if he, he did not know that answer yet. Uh, I would argue that we got seven weeks to go and, and that he has already missed 10 weeks. <laughs> so um, I wouldn't be particularly optimistic at this point. It, it's a bummer, too, because I thought that this could be a big year for Jelani Woods. You know, I thought him and, and guys like him, guys like Bernard Raymond, you know, that second, third year player that that's a big window for you to, to have uh, development, you know, in your career and, you know, the, the inability to, to, to have that, that year two, at least to this point, you know, for Jelani Woods, I think is a huge setback because, you know, even though he didn't have big numbers last year, I thought the, the potential was clear, you know, he's, he's a potential game breaker on a team that doesn't have a lot of game breakers. You know, so I think, you know, the upside for him is huge, but, uh, you know, it's he's going to be starting over at this point, you know, whenever he gets back on the field. Yeah, it's just um, – it, it is weird. I mean, you hear a lot of stuff in the – like, I, I've said this to you before. I was told, like, two different things. One was, you know, maybe he didn't take things – condition-wise as seriously as the Colts would have liked, and then others suggested that he went with his own in a different routine to try to to up his his health and his shape, but it uh, seems like everything kind of came unwound in the offseason and the end of the season for him. Yeah, I, I don't know which, I don't know what is the 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 answer or what, what's the, you know, the, the actual official version, 
But all I can say is that, uh, you know, I know there were high hopes for him. And there were, I thought, rightfully high hopes. And, you know, it, it, it's a bummer because, again, they need guys with some juice on this offense, you know. And, you know, granted, the quarterback, you know, maybe isn't playing aggressively right now. And that's a, its own issue. I get all that. But, uh, you know, but, but they don't have enough game breakers, as I said, uh, he's one of the few, and, and I think this was an opportunity to see this year. I saw it as an opportunity to see whether he could really be that. And now I, I think at this point, we're probably or potentially uh, not going to find that out this year. And, and that's unfortunate. It's, uh, Stephen Holder from ESPN's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I saw where Chris Ballard, he normally does that State of the Union thing uh, with Colts.com or, or the radio yeah. network or, or whatever um, during this time of year, during the bye week. And, and he did it with uh, both Lara and, and J.J. Around this time last week, which is which is okay, they didn't get to the subject of Shaquille Leonard, so that kind of forces us to to come from um, our own opinion kind of angle here. Would he answer any questions you think lobbed at him right now with that availability regarding the future of Shaquille Leonard, and then also what he thinks about his linebacker in the present? Uh, he he probably wouldn't answer it with any specificity <laughs> just because, you know, there's just not a lot to be gained in doing that. Um, and, you know, the season is ongoing. And, and those decisions, this is what they, they tend to fall back on uh, in these situations. And I don't mean just the Colts. I mean every team. You know, they tend to fall back on the fact that they don't have to make any decisions right now. And they don't. So I, I get it. I would probably do the same thing. But that does not mean there's, there's not an acknowledgement that, that this is a, a thorny situation, and it is. Um, I reached out to people in the past week, you know, just for their thoughts about it and, you know, privately. And, and what I got was, you know, let's just, let's just let things simmer down and, and hopefully we can, you know, figure out a way to move forward and, and finish the season on a positive note. So they're, they're in the present, you know, um, which, you know, you would expect, but, I would say this uh, it didn't help Shaq that, you know, the, he, he raised the issue a second time, you know, two weeks in a row. He's, he's usually, he usually talks to the media on Thursdays. So maybe three weeks ago, he, he first made reference to, to these feelings that he had about, you know, being unhappy with his playing time, et cetera. Uh, the following week he was asked whether, um, wh- whether he felt any differently and in fact, he had played less the previous game. So he actually doubled down on those feelings. Now, what I was going to say is that it did not help him, in my view, that after saying it a second time, uh, he had a performance that was a step back for him uh, in, uh, in, in Germany. You know? And so that's just, uh, you know, that wasn't good timing for him. And, and it, at the end of the day, you know, football is a meritocracy. It really is, and it should be. And so I think they're going to have to ask themselves some questions about, you know, whether they want to adjust the playing time further. I, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, in, in adjusting that playing time, we're not talking about in terms of increasing it, right? No, I mean the other way. Yeah, yeah. in terms of yeah. – I mean the other way. They're, 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 so <laughs> sitting here right now, the only logical conclusion in following this team – that you could come up with is we're watching the final days of Shaquille Leonard in a Colts uniform, aren't we? I mean, 
you, you, we can't ignore it that that it's it's a possibility. Now, again, seven games is a long time. A lot could change. We'll see. Um, but I but I will tell you, I, I laid this out in a previous story that I wrote about this topic. Uh, the, the Colts have a track record at linebacker of of finding very good replacements in house, you know, and this is not about Shaq. This is just in general, they've done that, you know, and it's the reason Anthony Walker is no longer here. It's the reason Bobby O'Karake is no longer here. You know, they, they were able to make those personnel decisions. In those cases, those guys were free agents and, you know, they went on to greener pastures, but there wasn't any momentum to bring them back because the Colts had, had replacements in house. And so if you, if you take that precedent and, and move forward with that precedent, um, you, you know, you have, you have to kind of apply that here potentially, you know, there's, it's really not that different and not that hard to envision uh, that, that, you know, something along those lines could happen. So Stephen Older, who is with us, five and five right now. What's your expectation? The one thing about it is, there's I think there's way too much to jump over to me to reasonably consider, you know, them playing themselves into the the playoff picture. However. It is worth noting that these games are winnable moving forward for them, and with the wackiness that the NFL season you know brings, Joe Burrow, Cincinnati, obviously on the schedule coming up here too, and a winnable schedule. I, I hate this because it is it, clearly it's one of those cliches that often is used to uh, to describe game after game, week after week in an NFL season. But it is. I mean, it is simply week to week with this group to yeah. see where you are because they have remained interesting and to continue to do that to see where you are coming up around mid-December look this team is just impossible to pin down okay so (laughs) it is what it is so what do I mean by that like go back I don't know maybe go back a month and they were scoring like nobody's business right (laughs) granted there were turnovers and, and all that that's true but you know they were and, and they were putting up all kinds of offensive numbers. Now the last two games before the bye, all of a sudden they can't score at all. <laughs> so and that the defense picked them up and and was able to carry them to two wins. Whereas the that same defense prior to that was was kind of struggling. You know, so I, this team it, it's almost like they don't really have an identity. And I'm not saying this in a negative way. I'm just saying it, it's almost a compliment. Frankly, they despite being this weird collection of, of, of players that, that can't figure out who they are or what they are, they keep winning. And so I don't know, man. I don't know what to make of it. All I would tell you is that they actually face a handful of teams that look a lot like them. Teams where I look at them and say, I don't know what their identity is either. That's what the people are saying that cover those teams about the Colts. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So – Yes, can they win those games? Yeah, they'll probably be favored in actually a handful of these, you know. So we'll see, man. I mean, you know, but I, I don't know. We'll see how. You know, what are the Falcons? What, what are the What are the Falcons? We look at the Falcons right now. Just you know, just looking at the schedule. I'm just picking the team out of the hat. Look at the Atlanta Falcons. What about that team keeps you up at night, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, that's the problem. But you would say the same about the Colts. I understand that. All I'm saying is, if you play a clean game and you execute, you can win the game. I mean, there's no reason you can't win the game. I feel the same about the Steelers. The Steelers are overachieving even more than the Colts this year. But 
again, they're a team right now that they they don't have a lot of firepower either, man. So I mean, it's just it's tough. The AFC is just a bland, <laughs> just a bland baked potato right now. Like, man, nobody. You got a couple spicy teams, and then you got a bunch of bland baked potatoes. Anybody out there need a bye week more than Gardner Minshew needed a bye week? No, I don't. I don't think so, man. I, I really do think that there is a mental strain uh, to to kind of you know the season that he's been through in, in general. Frankly, there's there's a mental strain to that. He's in and out of the lineup initially, which you know has its own challenges, you know, because Richardson was was in and out. So he was kind of bouncing around and, and pr- playing without practicing in some cases, all that, right? So uh, that was tough. And then, you know, toward the end of this stretch, well, actually go back you know, to the, the stretch where he had all the turnovers and, you know, he's getting blamed for the losses. And then these last couple games, you know, they played a style where it was like, all right, Gardner, just don't screw it up. And he didn't to his credit. Now he also didn't score a lot of points, but, um, it didn't take a lot, thankfully. So I don't know. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that it's been a it's been a roller coaster for Gardner Minshew. It really has. And you know, I, I think to be fair to him, um, th- them being five and five, you know, some of it is in spite of him, but some of it's also because of him too. You know, so you know, we should be fair to him. I, I think you know, and I I've been critical of his play too. But I mean, come on, like there there are games where if he doesn't make a throw late in the game, you know, they don't win, you know? So I, I think he gets credit for that. Do you think they can develop any sort of passing game that's even like borderline consistent here in the final stretch of the season? Because to me, that that's going to be the biggest difference between them being really interesting down the stretch or simply fading away down that stretch. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the answer is, the, the, the question isn't can they, the, the, the question is, or the reality is that they have to. They absolutely have to. Um, they'll answer the question, will they or won't they? But if they don't, I don't think that this is going to end well uh, because you're, you're not going to win a lot of 10-6 to six games as they did in Germany. That, that's just not going to happen. Now, it's happening a little too much nowadays <laughs> with some of these teams. But generally speaking, you're not going to win a lot of 10-6 to six games. You're just not. So – I mean, even Tampa Bay, for example, coming up, I, I don't know what their numbers are off the top of my head, but, I mean, they have proven that they can score points at times this year, you know? So you're going to have to bring it. I mean, they're, they're struggling a little bit, but, I mean, look, you're going to have to bring it. I mean, somebody's going to have to go check Mike Evans. Somebody's going to have to go out there and, and handle, you know, those receivers, right? So, I mean, you're going to have to score if you're going to – make this thing interesting, as you said. So it's not, it's not like, can they overcome the lack of offense? No, they have to have offense. I think if they're, gonna, if they're going to end this thing on a positive note. Oh, you got it. Stephen Holder right there of ESPN, ESPN.com on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Line, And then back to football with Tampa in town. That is coming up on uh, Sunday. I'll see you up the press box on Sunday. A little preparation for uh, what takes place here down the stretch of the season. I appreciate you. All right, you got it. See Stephen Holder on the Eddie Moore Automotive Group Hotline. 
All right, right now, IU 31-22, Empire Classic. Two minutes to go, first half of play against the Louisville Consolation game. Boy, the Makers trailing Gonzaga 23-18. to Weird game of runs. Purdue comes out, scores the first six. The Zags respond with the next 14, I believe. In that spam, take a lead. Boilermakers back, I think, within four right now. That is under 10 to go in the first half quarterfinal round of the Maui Invitational. Purdue and Gonzaga will keep you updated on both of those games while we're on the air. Quick break. We shall return. Me and you on the other side of 239-1070 inside the Lounge via YouTube Live. The Winshulers spreadability. The Lounge via YouTube Live. Winshulers.com. For great recipes and more on the spreadability and this show's favorite cheese, Wynn Schuler's 93.5107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Now you listen here. He's not the Messiah. He's a very naughty boy. Now go away. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Oh, quite a way to end week 11 with the Eagles and the Chiefs. A rematch of the Super Bowl later on tonight. That's Monday Night Football, everybody. As you missed it yesterday, Ravens 34-20 over the Bengals. Browns a winner 13-10 over the Steelers. Lions come from behind, five points better than the Bears. Bears gagged that up late at Ford Field, 31-26. Packers over the Chargers at Lambeau, 23-20. Dolphins 2013 over the Raiders. Giants 31-19, that final over the Washington Commanders. It was all Cowboys. And wonder where Frank Reich is going. I think we all kind of believe we know where Frank Reich is going after year number one in Carolina. 33 to 10, the final. Panthers dropped to one and nine on the season. Jaguars respond after uh, getting blown out at home by the 49ers. 7-3 the Jags now, 34-14 over the Titans yesterday. Three interceptions along with two touchdown passes for C.J. Stroud. 336 on the day. Texans 21-16 over Arizona. Houston now 6-4. Niners 7-3, 27-14 over the Buccaneers. Tampa Bay 4-6. And, and of course, here in town on Sunday against the Colts. Spills 32-6 over the Jets. Rams edge the Seahawks 17-16. And last night on Sunday Night Football, it was the Broncos' little late-game heroics. Portland Sutton game winner right there. Uh, Broncos 21-20 over uh, Joshua Dobbs and the Minnesota Vikings, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, two Eagles and the Chiefs coming up later on tonight to put a cap on week 11 of the NFL. Boy, the Makers, Maui Invitational, under six to go in the first half. They trail Gonzaga 25-21. It was interesting, too. The Boy, the Makers scored the first six, and then Gonzaga, like the next 14. Uh, Boy, the Makers are getting back into it right now as they approach the five-minute mark of the first half. That is game two of the quarterfinals in an absolutely loaded Maui Invitational. IU up five over Louisville. 
at the half in the consolation game of the Empire Classic. 239-1070 is the number. Plenty of time for you and me. And remember, Broad Ripple Brothers, it is a tradition much like Thanksgiving. Broad Ripple Brothers Bud Light Blue Friday, which is this week, Bud Light Blue Wednesday. Buccaneers, Colts tickets to give away, Brothers in Broad Ripple. That is coming up, remember, on Wednesday, so don't miss out. 239-1070 is the number. There's our guy. Let's welcome in Fulton. Hey, JMV, how are you? Fulton, it was great to see you, your friends and family on Friday in Tipton. Yeah, it was a great, it was a good uh, experience. Nah, it was. You were fantastic, my brother. Yeah, I was. And thanks for putting me on the spotlight for um, of what were you on? Um, Pat Sullivan show? Yes. Did I put you on the spot? Yes, you did. Oh, well. Spotlight, excuse me. <laughs> Sometimes I got to do that to you, buddy. But no, it was, it was great to meet you, finally. Great to meet your family and your friends. Let me tell you this. Um, you and the group putting together Elf the Musical. That was absolutely outstanding. Yes, it was. All right. So what what's up next? You gonna do something next here? You got another I've production? Got, I've got basketball coming up pretty soon. Basketball. So where are we playing basketball, Fulton? Um, I think we're gonna play basketball for Special Olympics and it's gonna be in Indianapolis. Awesome. Well, well, keep me updated. Keep us updated. And again, thank you so much for inviting me up and letting me hang out with you. Because I don't know, you met Bill and and Jalen, too. They were hanging out with me up there. And I met a lot of great people up in Tipton on Friday night. And I could not have been more honored to have been asked by you to come out there. It was fantastic. Yep. And I was six characters, so. Yes, and I tell you, stay in touch, okay? When you do something else, let me know. I will. All right, thanks, Fulton. You're welcome. Uh, that's Fulton and Tipton and his production. It's over now. I think the final one was yesterday. Uh, they do this at Tipton High School um, in their theater, but it was a a Tipton production of Elf the Musical. And our friend Fulton was a part of it, had invited me up there, probably going back a month or two, I believe. And uh, I got up there on Friday to watch it, and I was hanging out. Another great listener, Bill, and his son, Jalen, were hanging out with me as well. And uh, that was awesome. First time in Tipton. uh, They gave me a tour of the, the old school gymnasium up there, which is awesome. Nah, it was a great night. And I want to thank uh, Fulton and his family and his friends for inviting us up there and hanging out with us, too. It was an absolute honor. 239-1070. Jay is next. Hello, Jay. Hey, John. I'm sorry I missed calling into your show Saturday night. You did. That was the season finale. you got to wait until New Year's Eve now. I know. What are you going to do with yourself till then? Go play yeah, basketball on well, Saturday night? I'm going to probably go to a couple of high school games on a Saturday night. I don't get the opportunity cool. to do that very often. I'll probably get down to, to see my high school play once. And I don't know, maybe uh, if for some reason my son Blake wants to go over to the Eel Tank 
at Eminence to watch Eminence. Play. I don't know why, uh, which is cool, uh, which he does. Cool. And I may, I may kiss. I believe is on Saturday night downtown at the field house i may see if i can get down there and check out uh gene paul and the gang with kiss but yeah mostly i'm gonna rest a little bit because i'm i was a little bit worn out yes (laughs) the main reason i called was it seemed like i was watching sunday night football and i know channel 13's limited because if that game goes over they're limited yeah but they they didn't have the iu uconn basketball game the highlights and I'm sure Calabro is still frozen shut with his helicopter in Chittard. Well, right. and let me tell you about this. And there's there is nothing. I don't think 13 has a, a Sunday nights. Maybe they do. And if, I apologize to Dave if they do. Um, Dave gets squeezed. Uh, Dave, Dave, yeah, Dave has a great. I know he does. Dave has a great segment, Jay, um, where he highlights uh, a, a lot of the good that is going on here locally in sports, and, and that is good. But as far as scores and highlights and such, he gets squeezed, and their thinking is that you can just get that um, via social media and other outlets. Yeah. So he, I, he asked, get, yeah. I asked Alexa on my phone, the score at about four in the morning today. So, yeah. And he does, I mean, he does his best and I, I think it's just kind of up to the decision oh, yeah. makers, you know, at I your know, station. Whereas like, well, we'll say this, Jay, like Hagen, they, they do, uh, they still do. I wasn't on there last night. Um, right, but uh, right. they on 59, I normally do 59, and they still do highlights right. and 59 overtime oh, yeah. and all that. But it's it's becoming increasingly more difficult, you know, to get a great deal of local sports highlights unless you're talking about, you know, the Friday night shows these stations do with just, Friday night football because they just uh, they, just they don't put much they, of an emphasis on it any longer. I'm just glad they show Ball State football highlights because I'm a Ball State grad, but we're so bad. Who would want to show us? So, well, yeah, it's just it, like I'll give you another great example. When I was doing Weekend Sunrise, Jay, back from '06 to around '09, uh, I, I did it for three years, every right. Saturday and Sunday morning, and they would give me Jay like Kelly Greasy is a great director and producer would give me like seven minutes. And I could run through just a ton of highlights in seven minutes. Dave probably is lucky now if he gets a minute and a half. Seriously. Yeah, if he gets 90 seconds, he's yeah, lucky. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that is really okay. true. And a lot well, of TV stations go that direction. I know the weekend they're squeezed if these games tend to run over, which the Broncos game did a little bit. Yeah, I, I think Dave probably gets squeezed anyway. But yeah, right. they would be squeezing. They put in an extra, you know, weather forecast and all this, right. and uh, he'd probably get squeezed anyway. But I'm sure, I'm sure Sunday night, maybe the length of that game had something to do with it too. And also, do you think Zach Moss is going to get more carries than he's gotten the last couple games? I, I think I think they're utilizing Jonathan Taylor as the feature, and right. I think a lot of what we have seen most recently is going to be the same as far as reps are concerned. Okay. Yep. Jay. Have a great Thanksgiving, man. You too, Jay. Thank you very much. Yeah, the last JMV takeover, the season finale was Saturday night. And it was a hellaciously awesome time. And a shout-out to Denny Smith of the Home and Garden Show. He and Pat Sullivan and Terry Stacy and Allison that I call into every Saturday morning on 93 WIBC. Denny called in. The Authority song by Mellencamp was his request.
That's good stuff. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know what happened with, with Dave, and I don't know normally how much time that he gets, but uh, it is difficult because if something is going to get squeezed out because something runs over like a game like that, they're going to squeeze they're going to squeeze sports. It happens every time. Jonathan's up next at 239-1070. Hello, Jonathan. Hey, good evening. Uh, the OAR ads, they really bring back college memories for me because they were everything like uh, we listened to when I was in college and stuff. And uh, uh funny story about them. They're, yep. they're a great band. And I was working in the office one day, and our team leader comes around to us and says, you want tickets to OAR? Uh, my brother's in the band and we were like we've known you for three months and you never mentioned that he, <laughs> your brother was in oar right it's like yeah he's a, he's a lead guitarist no big deal like sort of thing and i used to be in the band for a while but i dropped out and i was like now you're working with us and stuff and so he was really generous and he got us tickets but just a warning to oar fans you might not know they have a huge buckeye following so i mean that's where they went to school but yeah, I used to work with uh, Rich Ahn is the name of their guitarist. He's awesome on uh, electric guitar. Yep. Uh, I've worked with his brother in uh, in the IT field back when I lived in D.C. And uh, OAR um, was from the D.C. area. I didn't know that either. I didn't know that they had, like, a massive Ohio State following uh, every show they play. But uh, uh, my wife and I saw them about 12 years ago or so um, in concert with my coworkers and stuff. And, uh, they brought the house down. They, they do an amazing job and they have a huge orchestra and stuff. So yeah, yeah rock I've, Rockville, Maryland, I think. And, um, they, um, I, I think the, the guy that started it, maybe all, I don't know how many of them, they, they certainly one, if not a couple of them went to Ohio state. So right. yeah, that's why yeah. they have that huge follow. leader's a very popular guy. Um, but yeah, G- uh, Gary, my coworker, he was saying uh, that crazy game of poker song. It wasn't even supposed to be good, and it ended up being their best. They they uh, uh, spent about zero dollars on it, making it in the basement, <laughs> and uh, and it was a story about an actual poker game that happened, and it just exploded from there on. So that was that was an interesting little anecdote he shared with me as yeah, well. Yeah, I've never met anybody that didn't like him. To be honest, everybody always speaks very highly of what they do. Yeah, yeah, they're so different. I think that they, you could describe them as independent, but they probably had a label for a very, very long time now. Yeah, Jonathan, I would say that's definitely worth one going to. I appreciate the OAR update, buddy. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> All right, man. Quick break. We'll come back if you're on hold. I got Todd and Mark to close out this show. Don't go anywhere. Quick update on both games. Are you in action in New York? Purdue out in Maui. Boilermakers trailing by four right now with a minute 15 of the first half. Quarterfinal of the Maui Invitational with the Bulldogs of Gonzaga with the advantage. Quick update on that and more. And your call to close out the show next. The Ride with JMV. Attention whoever you are. This channel is reserved for emergency calls only. Lady, do I sound like I'm ordering a pizza? 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. All right, this is OAR from Rockville, Maryland and Ohio State University, evidently. The Everwise Amphitheater, White River State Park, coming up 
Labor Day weekend, of course, of next year. That's August the 31st on a Saturday night. Number 9 at 239-1070, a pair of tickets for you. OAR with special guest Ripe. And this is OAR, number 9 at 239-1070, a pair of tickets for you. Rest of the week, while we're in here, we'll give you a chance at those tickets as well. And probably tomorrow, some bullseyeeventgroup.com Colts VIP tailgate passes for you as well. But number 9 at 239-1070, you can go see OAR, Labor Day weekend of next year, thanks to this show and this station. And my friend Kyle and everybody that always deals with us and knows that if you're going to give away tickets and you want some hype for your concert, your musical event, this is absolutely, positively the place to go. More so than music stations or anything, this is it. This is the place to go. Uh, Number nine is going to go on us. 239-1070. And Todd is up next today. Hello, Todd. Hey, John. Hey, um... I'll go rapid fire because okay. there's somebody behind me. Um, good seeing you up in. Uh, great in that you came, but what a great time that was at Taylor's yeah. Bar and Table. Fantastic, super, super cool. And uh, no offense, I'm right now toggling between uh, your station, the stations downstairs, and uh, Rob Blackman. <laughs> oh yeah, you got to, you got yeah you got the uh, the trio going on right yeah. now. Yeah, IU up one over Louisville, 18 minute mark of the second half. They're underway and Purdue trailing by five to Gonzaga at the half of the Maui Invitational quarterfinal. Go ahead. And why on a hiatus here? Um, I can always recommend going down to watch a little high school football. Um, we uh, my family always goes to the Saturday games. Um, I think it seems easier crowds or whatever, but uh, you get the Friday-Saturday games. So if you're looking for something to do when you're not spinning discs, um, that would be the place to go. How many people you think are going to be pissed because this is stream only? Um, I think a lot. Um, I'll be, frankly, on this network um, on Friday, and yeah. then I'll be at the facility on Saturday. Um, right. Yeah, yeah. so it's kind of um, – I don't, I, don't, I don't like it, but it's that's uh, – Let's not let's not open the Bally can of worms. <laughs> no, I, and I listen. I, I know that the Bally Bally has been far from great on anything that they have certainly done. I it just it seems like that. I, I guarantee you this: people are going to look for it and wonder that do not know about that and not it, do not know it's not going to be there coming up on Friday and Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. I, I don't. That's that's that's. That's, that's that's a that's a conversation with somebody else, not me. One last thing, and this is yeah. a sports question, Ashley. Um, why would you not start Neesmith over Matherin? And you can. There's a lot of reasons to think about that. So that's my sports question. I'll let you get the next. Call. You got it, Todd. Thank you very much. Well, yesterday. It- you say a Neesmith? Oh, you said Neesmith over Matherin. Okay, uh, because of the defense. I mean, they they have that belief in in Matherin, but yeah, he's been off and on too. And I also think that Rick likes Neesmith coming off the bench. That's my guess. And then Matherin gives you more offense. I mean, and as we talked about a little bit earlier with Tony East, I mean, they do have offensive lineups and they have a so-called defensive lineup. I just don't know who the hell that is. <laughs> I don't know who's a part of the defensive lineup 
especially yesterday when you get so throttled and embarrassed by the Orlando Magic. You didn't look like anybody could play defense yesterday. Hey, Mark, I got to go really quick here. How are you, Mark? I'm doing all right, John. How are you? Great. Thanks for the call. Go ahead. Uh, this, this is Mark Micklider. I heard you're closing out with Todd and Mark, and Todd's my younger brother, but I didn't think it was him. So. <laughs> hey, um, I'm on my way. I'm, I'm driving up to Elwood to see my daughter's team, the Elwood Lady Panthers, yep. Blake Allen. Um, and I, you have to come up sometime for the tavern tour. Yes. Um, there's a 10 plate in Elwood. The place is fantastic. The guy's a big athletic supporter for the, and not a jock, but uh, for the uh, team. And, um, I uh, I may try to make it down to Brothers. I only live about a mile. Yeah, hey, I, I tell you what, Mark. Mile, yeah, thank thank you very much, Mark. Tell hello to your brother too. Make it to Brothers and Broad Ripple on Wednesday. Great to see you there, Mark. Jake, great job out of you. James, as usual, back with you tomorrow. More tickets to give away. And it's just said for the Pacers and the Hawks and recap these college games too. It's tomorrow at three. Don't miss a minute.